done in 91. That's my theme this morning in my last message to you in this wonderful year. How I have enjoyed preaching God's Word to you through this year. We have covered a lot of ground and God has done some wonderful things. I trust you have grown as we have shared His Word. Paul speaks in this chapter in First or Second Corinthians about going up into the third heaven. Now I hear a lot of people talk about seven heavens. I don't know where that comes from. I, I think that it comes from courting. They think there are seven heavens when they're having so much fun courting. But those heavens seem to drop off as each baby comes <laughs> until they get down to where it's reasonable. The Bible speaks of three heavens. Well, you might say, what are they? How come plural? Well, you remember in Genesis it says God created the heavens and the earth. Plural, heavens. Now the first heaven is what I call the cloudy heaven. It's where the birds soar. It's just above our heads. If you fly in an airplane, you know about that heaven. The clouds affect flying a great deal. Sometimes the clouds are low, sometimes they're high. But we know there are clouds, and that's the cloudy heaven. The bird enjoys that heaven. But then there is what I call the starry heaven. It's the atmospheric heaven. It's the heaven that God said to Abram, look, and if you can count the stars in the heavens, then you will know how innumerable your seed will be. That's the heaven that Abram tried to comprehend. We have big telescopes today that peer into that starry heaven, and it is indeed remarkable. But Paul went beyond the cloudy heaven and the starry heaven into the abode of God in 2 Corinthians 12. And he said it was so remarkable that I don't know whether I was in the body or whether I was out of the body. God knows, I don't know. But what he experienced there was so remarkable that he couldn't even talk about it. The Bible says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for those that love him. If he did talk about it, it was probably so remarkable nobody would have believed it. So he could not speak of it, but it was the abode of God, the third heaven where unspeakable words were heard and unspeakable things were seen. We have the opportunity one day of going into that heaven, and we ought to be excited about it. Nothing on this earth can compare with God's abode and what Paul experienced at this time in his life. Now, we learn from this that God has windows the Bible talks about God's windows that are open to us. 
And if we're not going to be overrun in 91, we're going to have to understand these windows. So I want to walk you through them very quickly. The first one I call the window of blessing. Now, this window is expressed at least three times in the Bible, and let me give those to you. One is in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It happens to be the baptism of the Lord Jesus in the Jordan River by John. And the Scripture says, And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, upon Jesus. The heavens were open to him. Tonight, we're going to have our final water baptismal service of the year. If you want to know how to overcome in 91 and not be overrun in 91, one of the ways is to walk into the baptismal waters and say to the world, I am going to follow Jesus Christ 100%. And I'm not ashamed to declare it to anybody. I am a believer in Jesus Christ, just as Jesus did in that river when the heavens were opened to him and the glory of God descended upon him. If you haven't had that experience, you need to today. And following my message, you can come over here by this Christmas tree and receive the information that will plug you in to a great experience in your life. Identification with Jesus Christ. Don't be overrun in 91. Follow Him into the waters of baptism. Let the windows of heaven be open to you. Now, in Acts 2, there is another expression of this. In Acts 2, 2, the disciples had been told to go and tarry in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. They did not know exactly what they were waiting for. They only knew that Jesus said to do it. And so they were there waiting, praying, meditating for ten days when the Scripture says there came a sound from heaven. It didn't come from some mechanical device around them, some musical box. It came from heaven. A sound from heaven. The windows of heaven were open, and those people, 120 of them, began to speak with other tongues, tongues they had never learned, languages that they had not taken in school. It came from heaven. I want to tell you, friends, you don't get it all when you are saved. You get a ticket to heaven. Thank God for the forgiveness of sin. But there's more to Christianity than one trip to the altar. There is a baptism of fire for everyone who wants to overcome in 91. I would not want to enter 91 without this experience. It is the power of God that translates the supernatural into shoe leather and lets you walk through life victoriously. It gives you the opportunity 
to pray in the Spirit every day and allow the Spirit of God to give you edification. If there's anything we need today, it's to be edified. And that comes when this sound from heaven envelops us, when the windows of heaven are open to us. Mary was her name. She said to me in a church I formerly pastored, Pastor, I'm not coming out of that prayer room on this New Year's Eve until I am baptized in the Holy Spirit. She went into that room and at 3 a.m. she came out having had a glorious experience with the Lord. According to Acts 2.2, she became one of the leaders in that ministry and still today is a strong believer and leader in the local church. If you want to let the Spirit of God come upon you so you won't be overrun in 91, you have today and tomorrow, and it's enough in order to be filled with the Spirit of God if you have faith. He's ready. Are you the power of God came to those waiting believers and they moved the world of their day. We need that today. Then there's another window of blessing and it's in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. You knew I would have to get to this. Talking about windows. Prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. The tithing window. So many people have said to me, I can't tithe because I can't afford it. Friend, you can't afford not to. The reason so many people struggle in finance is that they don't include God in their finances. God wants to be included in your finances. Now, we're going to have a video series on finance on Wednesday nights in January. It's on your page of your bulletin. You want to be a part of that. It's going to be a tremendous opportunity. But I'm here to tell you today that I would not want to enter 91 without the windows of God's blessing being opened to me financially in a day of material uncertainty when more SNLs are closing, when there are more bankruptcies than at any time in the history of America, I would want to know that the windows of God's blessing are open to me because I'm faithful in my giving to Him. I read the story in the Pentecostal Evangel some years ago that I kept in my file about a man who owned an orchard and a vineyard. And it was one of those times when all around him, others were suffering great loss in their orchards and in their vineyards, but not him. His was productive, his was fruitful, and it was so remarkable that the Department of Agriculture sent out people to his ranch to find out what secret he had that provided such healthy crops when everybody else's were failing. Oh, he said, I do have a secret. I do have a formula. And he said, I'm glad to share it with you. And he grabbed his Bible and he opened to Malachi 3.10 and he read what I have read to you. 
The windows of heaven will be opened and then it says, and I will destroy the devourer for your sake. He said, that's my formula. God destroys the devourer on the land that I own because I am faithful in giving to him. They didn't publish that in their state journals. But nonetheless, it's true and it works. It's the principle of 1 Kings 17 where God told Elijah to go to a widow at Zarephath who had a little oil and a little meal. She was going to prepare a cake for her and her son and they were going to eat it together and die because that's all they had. It was a time of great famine. And the Lord said, you go and tell her to make you a cake first. And the oil and the meal will not fail. Now you know in the natural that doesn't make sense. So today we live out much the same scenario as the widow. We have so much and we say, I've got to save this for myself. This is what's going to carry me through. And we don't give God a chance. So we get worse off than ever before. So Elijah did it. He said to her in verse 13, Make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Now let me tell you, those words and afterward are important in that passage. There is always an afterward with God. You never use up God's resources. That's what Paul saw in that third heaven experience and couldn't talk about it. He saw so much that people wouldn't believe him. So he said in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now you're going to believe it or not. It's up to you. I have lived to believe it. I have lived to see it. I have lived to experience it over and over and over again in my life. It's just like Elijah. Now look at the last two verses of this section, verses 15 and 16. Here's what it says. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he... That's Elijah. And her household ate for many days. Now you know there's a miracle in itself right there. Now look at this verse. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. There's the principle. God has resources. All God has to do is make things last longer, make them run better. I call them windows of blessing that belong to the child of God alone who dares trust God. You want that window in 91? If you don't, you're going to be overrun. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. You cannot be guaranteed anything by the government. Let me tell you for sure. Taxes are higher. Social security is higher. Gasoline is higher. Everything is higher. PG&E is higher. Smut is higher. How are you going to make it? Get under a window of blessing. That's the only way. And I challenge you to trust God in 91. Put Him first. 
he will not be a debtor to anybody. Windows of blessing. Now, the second window is the window of revelation. Paul refers to that in this passage several times. Visions and revelations of the Lord. He says it again over on the next page where he refers to the revelation of God that came to him. If you're going to overcome in 91, it's going to have to be by revelations of God. You're not going to overcome by subscribing to another newspaper or another magazine or another tape outlet. You not make it that way. It will come by revelation from God. What am I going to do today, Lord? How am I going to handle this situation today, Lord? What is your answer to me today, Lord? I need you, Lord, and I won't take a step until you speak. In Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, Ezekiel was in Babylon, which interestingly is Iraq. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world was Babylon, surrounded by sin and evil, away from his homeland. Ezekiel had visions of God. The religion of Babylon was a pantheon of gods. Anything was a god. That chair would be a god. This pulpit would be a god. The piano, the organ, anything was a god. They made everything a deity. Which reminds me of kind of where we are today. We've got to be long-suffering. Anything goes. We can no longer say that the Judeo-Christian way is the way of America. We have to make room for every god there is. Well, I don't buy that baloney. There is one God and one God alone. There is one Savior and one Savior alone. He is Jesus, the Son of the eternal God. And there's no way into heaven outside of Him. He's the only way. There is no other way. And it may be that we'll have to die for that. Are you ready? Do you have that much revelation? Or are you going to be sold all this other stuff? Are you going to buy it? Or are you going to plug into the window of revelation? Oh, you say, but it's tough today. Yeah, well, look at Ezekiel. What did I say about him? Surrounded by sin and evil, away from his homeland, pantheon of God, same circumstance. But it says that Ezekiel had visions of God. That's how not to be overrun in 91. Plug into that source. John, the beloved disciple, they said, let's kill him by putting him away from everybody. We'll set him alone on the aisle. He's the disciple of love. He'll die because he's got to be with people. He's got to be in the sanctuary. But did he die? No, sir. He had revelations of God out there. I mean, he saw things that were incredible to see that are still coming to pass today. John on Patmos, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him. I want to suggest to you that every one of us needs such revelation if we're going to overcome in 91. Are you ready? You've got to give time for the prayer meetings. You've got to give time for the Bible studies. You've got to take personal time to get away and alone with God 
You've got to talk to God about everything, and God will talk back to you. God will direct your life. You don't need to keep stubbing your toe and scraping your nose. There is a window of revelation for you if you'll take time to hear God's voice. Now, there's one more window. I wish I didn't have to talk about it, but it's the window of judgment. In 2 Peter 3.10, it says, The heavens shall pass away with great noise. Elements shall melt with fervent heat. Those are the heavens where God does not abide. Those heavens are going to be burned up. The earth also and the works that are in it shall be burned up. And those who do not name Christ as Lord Revelation 6 says, Say to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us. 91 could be the year. 91 could be the time as we see everything coming together prophetically for our Savior to come and the unleashing of judgment upon the world. Dick Burnell, my friend and fellow pastor in San Jose, was being interviewed by the USA Today in regard to the San Francisco invasion on Halloween night. And it was placed in the USA Today. San Francisco is very much like Sodom and Gomorrah. There are times I wonder what is holding back another quake like that of 1906. He said it's a city full of blatantly open sodomites. People have to stand in pulpits like this one and tell the world heaven is getting ready to open in judgment. Heaven is getting ready to open in judgment. On what side will you be, neighbor? There was a storm in Florida years ago after the Second War, after a time of great pro prosperity went into the Florida Keys. There came gambling. There came prostitution, racketeers, vice of all kinds. One night the wind started to blow. One mariner said, my wind barometer registered 240 miles per hour. One boy's family were all taken by the storm. His father, his mother, and his two sisters. He said, the only way I escaped was to climb to a top of a palm tree like we have out here in front. And he took his belt and wrapped it around the tree and held on for dear life during those 240 mile an hour winds. And he said, I went up a sinner and I came down a believer. You know, it may take storms like that to wake up a few folk. One lady said the land had to be cleansed. I'm here to say America needs to be cleansed. You need to join me regularly in praying to the north, south, east, and west. Oh God, send a revival to America. We need to be pleading with God regularly for a cleansing in this land and a healing of our sins. If you want to be overrun in 91, just forget the window of judgment. Live the way you want to live. Set your own standard, as some even in this church want to do. It is not even uncommon for me to get letters from people who say, I've been in a promiscuous relationship. My companion left me, so I took another one thinking I was justified 
and sleeping with this one and that one. It's on the increase, even in the church. People can set their own rules, make their own standard. I'm here to tell you it won't work. God is not deaf and He's not blind. God is aware exactly of what you're doing and you're not going to get by with it. There's a window of judgment that is open. I will deal with it the best I know how, but there's something you'd better see beyond that. God is watching. God is making known. The works will be burned up if they're not righteous works. The window of judgment is going to open. I want to be on God's side in that hour. Revelation 15 and 16 talks about vials and bowls that are poured out upon the world. It says that there will be hailstones the size of a talent. That's 100 pounds. You want one of those on your head? Thunders, lightnings, earthquakes, demons working miracles, a scorching of man with fire, pains and sores, gnawing their tongues for pain. The sea becoming like the blood of a dead man, according to Revelation 16. I'm not planning to be around at that time, personally. Where are you going to be? When you open your water spigot in that hour, blood's going to come out, not that clear water. As long as I had it in my hand, I thought I'd benefit from it. When you turn on the spigot, it'll be blood. The rivers will be blood. All the waters will be turned to blood. I don't plan to be here. You say, what a terrible thing. Well, that's right. That's why the preacher's here. He's come to tell you. You don't have to anticipate the window of judgment if you're willing to have the revelation of God and the open window of God's blessing in your life and do it God's way in 91. All I can tell you is that in the last days there will be deceivers. In the last days there will be antichrists. In the last days there will be people turning away from true doctrine, having itching ears. I'm talking to them all the time. Members of this church are pulling out their membership because they found new light. All I can do is say, you're wrong. You're headed for judgment. It's a mistake. Please don't do it. But it's happening. It's happening. You say, how can you handle that? Well, it breaks my heart in one way. But all I can do is preach the truth and leave it up to the Holy Spirit. That's all I know to do. And I'm not going to be defeated by other people's stupidity. I'm going to live in the light of God's Word and have good time doing it. What is, what is your decision? What are you going to do? Stephen in Acts 7 made a choice. He said, I'm going to die for Jesus. And he saw the heavens open. You know, everybody's going to see the heavens open. Some are going to see them opened in divine blessing. Others are going to see them opened in divine judgment. You have to choose. Sin abounds today, but so does grace. Shake loose from the elements around you when people call evil good and good evil, just like Isaiah chapter 1 explains. Shake loose from the elements around you. God will not put up with looseness. God's not going to put up with your playing around. God isn't going to put up with your promiscuity. God isn't going to put up with your lying and your cheating. 
God isn't going to put up with your hypocrisy. God cannot stand that. He's too righteous and just. The windows of judgment. But thank God for a hymn in our book. Oh, now I see the crimson wave, the fountain deep and wide. Jesus, my Lord, mighty to save, points to his wounded side. The cleansing stream, I see, I see. I plunge and oh, it cleanseth me. Oh, praise the Lord, it cleanseth me. It cleanseth me, yes, cleanseth me. There is hope. That's why the preacher comes to the pulpit today asking you to turn to the windows of blessing and the windows of revelation and escape the windows of judgment. A.M. Top Lady, who wrote Rock of Ages Cleft for Me, had a serious lung ailment and got caught in a storm that came suddenly and he knew that if he didn't get out of the storm it would be very deadly for him because of his condition. And he saw a rock and he hid in the cleft of that rock. He snuggled down into that rock and was spared the awesome storm that hit. And when he went home, he took out a piece of paper and he wrote that marvelous hymn, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Friends, that's where safety is today. You're not going to find it out there, but you'll find it in him. You're not going to find it in Muhammad. You're not going to find it in Shinto. You're not going to find it in any other place, only in Jesus and through the revelation of his word. Mohammed believed that he would return as a hairy angora goat and all his followers would become lice and would get into his thick hairy coat. He would then carry them up the rocky steep mountain to paradise. I say that's a pretty lousy way to get to heaven. <laughs> I like Jesus' way a lot better. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be forever with the Lord, not in some hairy goat, but with the Lord God Almighty. The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven. I buy into that. How about you? You want to be overrun in 91? Then forget this sermon. Just chalk it off. Say, he's a wild man. <laughs> You'll be overrun, guaranteed. But if you don't want to be overrun, you remember three points, will you? It'll change your life. The window of blessing, the window of revelation, and the window of God's judgment. Paul was privileged to look beyond, and he came back to tell us, when you're weak, then you're strong. When you stop trusting in yourself and trust in Him, you're strong and you're going to make it. But you've got to be deadly honest. You've got to come to Him and say, I have sinned. You've got to be like David in Psalm 51. I have sinned. My sin is ever before me. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. For a clean heart he cannot despise. 
I want you to live under the window of blessing and revelation, not the window of judgment. Will you turn to him today with all your heart? I'm asking our ushers quickly to take their places. I'm asking them to take the paper that we have provided and come to the front quickly. I want everybody in this audience as we close this service to have one of these small pieces of paper. It's a blank piece of paper. I want everybody to take one. I want you to find a pen or a pencil. If you have an extra one, share it with your neighbor. I want everybody to take a piece of paper. Our altar call, our appeal is going to be centered around this little piece of paper. I want to tell you what to do with it. I want them up here in the choir too. Please bring them to the platform as well so every one of them has one of these pieces of paper. One of you standing in the back, bring some up here quickly. All right, thank you, Vance. Everybody take one. Youngsters, young people, if you understand what I'm saying, take a piece of paper. Everybody in this audience wants you to have a piece of paper. I want you to use it. It's going to only take a few moments, but it's very important. 1990 will be over in just a little over 30 hours. It's going to be over. Back at the beginning of this year, you made resolutions. You said, I'm going to do thus and so. How many of them have been lost in the shuffle of life? How many of them have been forgotten? How much of our neglect could really be called sin in my life? What is it that's holding me back from a real close relationship with God? That's why I want you to have the piece of paper. I want you to write it on that piece of paper. Whatever it is, lust, lack of Bible reading, lack of prayer, whatever it is. Phoniness, hypocrisy. I want you to put it down on that piece of paper. Everybody ought to write something down. Something that's keeping me back from God's richest anointing, God's richest blessing. Some of you are going to have to be brutally honest. You may have to write an illicit affair, adultery, fornication. Be brutally honest. It's not for anybody else to see. I'm not going to look at it. Nobody's going to look at it. Just for you to write down and say, before God on this piece of paper. This is what I've got to deal with if I'm not going to be overrun in 91. I'm going to enter the new year clean, whole, touched by Jesus Christ. In just a moment, our ushers are going to return with buckets. We are all going to rip this piece of paper into as many pieces as we can in the name of Jesus, and we're going to drop them in the bucket, and after church, we're going to burn them. It is a visible act that I believe can set some people free who will do it honestly and openly. You're going to write down as honest as you know how the thing that's keeping you from the anointing of God in your life and could keep you from heaven. You don't face up to it. Write it on there. As soon as you have, tear it up. Rip it apart. In the name of Jesus Christ, tear it up. Rip it up. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. God doesn't even remember them. You can shout if you'd like.
God doesn't remember them. Whatever it is you wrote on that paper, God will forget. Now you forget it. Drop it in the buckets that are coming now. It's gone. It's going to be burned up. It's only going to be so much smoke in a little bit. And you are going to be free in the name of Jesus and on the authority of this book. If it's drugs, free. If it's alcohol, free. These shall not have dominion over you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. We're not going to be overrun in 91. We're going to be victorious. We're not going to let sin prevail. We're going to let righteousness prevail. Godliness, holiness. We're going to walk with Jesus. Let us sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided. Hallelujah. Make up your mind. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. Thank you, Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided, thank God, follow Jesus. No turning back. Time, Paul, sing it, everybody. I have decided. in the upper room and there came a sound from heaven hallelujah send it again Lord we pray send it to us today send it to this place send it to our lives oh God we pray fill us with your holy power hallelujah 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 oh God rid us of every sin Rid us of all of those things that hold us back. Let us not be overrun in 91. May we move into this new year with power, with authority over the devil, whom we say to, Get thee behind me, Satan. You shall not have any authority over me. I have the girdle of truth on. 
I have the breastplate of righteousness. I have the sandals of peace on my feet. I have the shield of faith. I have the helmet of salvation. And I have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the enemy shall not prevail. I have put on the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Now, if any of you here need a prayer of deliverance, I want you to come to the front. You know you're on the verge of victory. We'll be happy to pray with you. People are ready to do that. If you